Hello, smart friends. Welcome to Smart Cities Week. We are very excited that Smart Cities Week. We are down in Sydney. And this week we're going to release one episode every day, Monday to Friday, to celebrate. This first episode of the Smart City Podcast this week is with Mayor Cal Asfor, who is the Mayor of City of Canterbury-Bankstown. I had a really great conversation with the Mayor about what the Smart City concept means to him, which is about solving real problems for the community, and also about making government processes more efficient and provide savings to the community. The mayor shares insights on the trip he recently took to the US to look at smart cities and what he's brought back to Australia, and also the Canterbury-Bankstown roadmap that has just been released and the importance of having a strategy. We also talk about uh, some of the other projects and initiatives the council is working on, as well as emerging trends, including foundational processes and opening up the data. The mayor is also very keen to collaborate across uh, the different disciplines and with other councils as well. So as always, I hope you enjoy listening to this episode as much as I enjoyed making it. It's the Smart City Podcast, whoa, with smart city experts, here we go. Connecting smart technology, both big and small. Smart cities are making life better for all. Big data, emerging trends, self-driving cars and more. The Smart City Podcast is what you're looking for. Hello, Cal. How are you today? I'm good, Zoe. How are you? I am very well. I'm very excited to have you on the podcast. Happy to be here. Excellent. Let's jump straight in. And can you tell us about your background and what you are passionate about? So I've been a councillor at Bankstown Council since 2004. And throughout that time, I've you know, really, really enjoy um, representing my community and, and delivering for, for the community here at now Canterbury-Bankstown, being the been the mayor now of the largest city in New South Wales um, with over 360,000 residents. So, um, you know, it's a big job, but but somebody's got to do it. And I, and I love what I do. So we're really, I'm always looking for ways to, to better my community. Excellent. So what sparked your interest in this smart city, smart community space? So, you know, as I said, I've always looked for things that, that we can do as, a, as an organisation, as a, as a level of government to help our community and and um last year I I was lucky enough to go on a, a tour in the United States it was a smart city tour and I got to see some of the real benefits and the real game changes over there that are affecting cities around California and and I went to Austin Texas as well and it really did drive home to me the importance of um being able to to keep up with technology and also how data and technology can really help the way that we run our organisation and also help hopefully deliver good things for our community um, for today and importantly for the future generations. So, you know, I really want to see how we can improve the way that we we run our services here in the council, but also want to make sure that our community is not only aware of what we're doing, but come along the journey with us to be able to see and feel the benefits that we hope to, I guess, you know, implement in their lives in the in the years and decades to come. Excellent. That's really awesome to hear. I think bringing the community along the journey is, you know, the number one kind of factor in this smart city space. Oh, definitely. We don't have a high socioeconomic community here. It's it's low. And, and what's important for me while we, you know, go on this journey is to make sure that 
there's a term I I, uh, I heard in the in the states, and it was digital equity to make sure that everybody comes along for the ride, that everybody has the same access, and there isn't um, you know a division between those who can afford um, you know afford access and those who can't. So so that's one of the main pillars in the work that we're doing here at the council to make sure that the the community comes along for the journey. And and I'm looking forward to seeing the the changes and the you know the improvements that we'll be making. Mm. So what is a smart city or a smart community to you? Well, you know, there's different definitions, I guess, around the world, but, but I think we need to, to define smart city as, as doing things more efficiently, doing things smarter for a couple of purposes. The first being for the betterment of our community, that is to make our, our residents' lives easier. And that's, um, if that's through technology, then so be it. So it's important that that's the, the purpose. We're not doing this just so we can have the, the shiniest new toy on the block. What we want is there's got to be a purpose to any changes or any investments we make, and that is to make our residents' lives easier. The next point I'd, I'd make is that you know technology is moving so fast, and we just need to make sure that we're ready for it and prepared for it. Um, otherwise, it will just find itself in, in our lives and I think it's important that as a level of government that we are ready for it. So so they're the, the main things that I see smart cities as being. An organisation being more efficient, that saves money in the long term and that money can be reinvested into services for our community. Our community coming on board and for us to be able to be ready for any, as, as ready as we can be for any change in technology that, that comes our way. Mm. That's really awesome to hear. I like the readiness because um, sometimes I think we forget that uh, it's it's all well and good to try and, I mean, look to the future for that technology, but we actually need to be ready now for the technology that's available. So it's really important for councils um, to have, you know, that kind of expertise and knowledge um, in-house or know when to bring it in. So I think that's a really key area. Yeah, look, I, as I said, I think, you know, there's technology is moving at such a fast pace but it needs to have purpose. It needs to have a reason for being. It can't just be because it's new and fancy. And that's why, you know, if it can it can happen and we can be prepared for it. And at the same time, and it's critical that we see that it's going to enhance the lives of our residents and perhaps fix some problems um, that we face as a community, then, you know, it's something we should, you know, look at, invest in, be prepared for. Mm. Yeah, I agree. Why do you think that this concept, this smart city, smart community concept is so important? Well, you know, we have some real problems, I think, as a city, as as, as cities across Sydney and across um, the world have problems in relation to waste, have problems in, in relation to the change in um, in the climate. So climate change is another one and, and energy for just to start with, you know, so we need to really look at how we source our energy, we need to look at how we dispose of our waste, how our waste gets collected, why it gets collected in a certain way. I mean, these are all examples of problems that we know um, exist. And we need to see how technology can and data can, can help us fix those things. And I think that's why smart city is so important when you do it on a, on a citywide basis. We can really tackle some problems by knowing, for example, you know, what type of waste our residents are disposing of that can help us source where, where we then dispose of it and how we can perhaps recycle it 
or um, reuse it as an example. So waste being one, energy being another, smart lighting can save us on costs in on our energy bills, which will then hopefully reduce the cost of you know the council's energy bill, which means uh, we can charge less to our community when they're using our local sporting field or the local swimming pool or the local library. So it all has a flow on effect and it's all connected. And I think it's important that we embrace the smart city concept because the benefits for everybody, you know, uh, I think, you know, unrealized at the moment, but it's something that there's definitely going to be a benefit in for our community. And that's, that's the aim for me to make sure that, you know, if we can save our residents some money, if we can reinvest any savings we make and at the same time do it in a way that's um, better for, for the planet, that's definitely something we should, as I said, investigate and invest in. Mm. Excellent. How do you think that Australia is embracing this concept so far? Oh, I, th- I think I think there are, you know, some, some areas, some councils, some governments doing it well. I think we're, we're learning a lot and we're learning pretty quickly from what's happening um, in other parts of the world, in Europe and in America, for example. And, and, and I think it's important that we continue to learn from them. You know, what, what I took out of that trip to the United States is we can't just do things on our own. Um, there's no point, you know, reinventing the wheel. So it's about looking at what other cities have done. And it might not be the same fit for, for our city here at Canterbury-Bankstown, but we can learn from them and we don't need to make the same mistakes as them. So as a country, I think we need to invest more in this space. The federal government is, I think, trying, but I don't think they're trying hard enough. I think they need to really invest some more into councils across um, the country. And I think the state governments need to do their bit as well. I just think that we're lagging behind the rest of the world and we need to we need to play a little bit of catch up, but to do that we need to make sure we know what we want, and that's why here at Canterbury Bankstown we've just endorsed a, a roadmap to make sure that we we know what our values are in this space, we know what our challenges are, and we know why we're going to move forward in this space. You know, having principles in in smart cities is important, and to make sure that we um, adhere to those principles moving forward. Is, is critical for me. So I really want Canterbury-Bankstown to be a, you know, a digital city, a resilient city, and I want us to be comfortable and understanding of, of technology and data, and, and all that needs to be um, you know, done as a community. It can't be just the council doing it on, on its own or, or you know, academia doing it on its own. It's about collaboration. It's about making sure that we're all talking to, to each other that there's the right amount of support and investment from the federal and state governments. And therefore, then Australia as a nation, in my view, will be, you know, equaling other cities across, across the globe. Mm-hmm. You've put together this roadmap. I'm really keen to hear a couple of things. Why was it so important for you for Canterbury Brankstown to have a vision and a roadmap um, moving forward. Like obviously we realise that in the smart city journey, you know, if we're not moving towards the the same um, goal, we're going to have issues. But I'm keen to hear why you think it was so important to put this roadmap together. I think for everything we do, we need to have a strategy in place. We need to have a plan in place. And this is um, our Canterbury Bankstown smart city plan, if you like. And, you know, it's an example of, or it's a declaration to the public of, you know, why we're doing this, um, why it's important to us to think about when we're making important decisions, and also about, 
setting some actions um, as to what we're going to be doing now and into the future to make us reach that end goal of becoming a smart city. Um, not something that I think anyone will ever reach, but the whole point is to continue to, to aim for, for the fact of being a smart city. So we need to underpin our investment, our thinking, our decision making with, with a strategy. And that's why I'm, I'm so glad and happy with the roadmap that we've adopted because it's going to help us move along that, that path or down that journey of becoming a, a thriving and a dynamic city that is open to the use of data and technology and using that data to improve, again, the important point that I, that I keep repeating, improving the lives of our, of our residents and our, and our community here at Canterbury-Bankstown. Um, without it, perhaps there'd be investments in things that we had no basis for or because we, we got sold a puppy or we, got, we thought that maybe it would improve something, but then the technology came in and, and what we invested in became obsolete. Um, because that's how fast the the that's the fast pace of this this space. But as I said, you know, having that strategy, knowing what our challenges are, and and being ready to tackle them, is why having a roadmap when moving in in this smart city space is important. And not being, um, I guess, uh, misled or you know sidestepped when other people, other governments, or other corporations and and academia are making decisions or, or predictions about what the future will look like. That's awesome to hear. I'm really keen to hear about some of the projects and things that you are currently working on in Canterbury-Bakestown. So we've been working on this strategy for, for a while now and, and we've got our principles in place. We've got our, I guess, our priorities in place now and we're really focusing on on three three main categories and that is smart people, which talks about informing and engaging our community which talks about a culture of innovation and and leveraging partnerships in our with our and stakeholders that is working with with others in our city to to make our our people uh, more engaged smarter at what I guess we're aiming to do the other is looking at our place looking at how we use infrastructure how we can better use maybe that infrastructure assessing it and maintaining those sort of um, you know, maintaining different infrastructure in our city and importantly as well is process. So using that data to make real improvements and, you know, whether it's platforms or policies, making those improvements to help us achieve our, our smart city efforts. So you asked about the, the projects, Zoe. We want people to be or have more access to our services. We want our services to be more efficient. We're looking at the sustainability of our waste, you know, dealing, a common complaint I get is the, you know, the dangerous, I guess, environments around our local schools. We have over 115 schools in the city of Canterbury-Bankstown and, and issues of double parking at, you know, pick-up time or drop-off time are a concern. We don't, you know, we don't want any children or any students being hit. So looking at how we can use technology and data to resolve maybe some of that double parking problem or people parking illegally. Uh, we've, we've also adopted a, you know, just to start off with, in relation to electric vehicles, we don't think the take-up rate is, is high enough in this country. And we think that's mainly because people, people just don't, don't know what it looks like or feels like or what the benefits are. So we've decided that in the council carpool that we're going to be now replacing our cars with EVs. 
but further to that, we're, we're looking at ways and we, we're about to, you know, go out with letting our community use these vehicles, um, maybe on the weekends when, when council's not in operation. So then they can get a feel of it, uh, uh, you know, to touch it, to drive it. And then um, hopefully that'll put in their mind when they're purchasing a car that they can maybe go and purchase an electric vehicle. We're also looking, at, of course, at, you know, putting putting um, charging stations across the city. So they're, they're the type of things we're looking at. Um, in the data space, I really am interested in, in getting up a, a dashboard for our community to see in relation to the data, be it, be it rubbish, be it, you know, street sweeping and the like, for them to know what council's actually doing and for us to work out ways that that we could possibly do it better. So they're just, I guess, some examples of, of the projects that we're working on, but they're all, I guess, focused on improvements and efficiencies for, for our community and for our organisation. Mm, awesome. I love hearing about improving, you know, typically boring government processes. That's one of the things I love um, to see and do. Yeah. I mean, the thing is, Zoe, is, you know, the way that we've been doing things has been the same for the last 10, 20, 30 years. And, you know, technology is advanced now, and I think we need to, to recognise that, but also embrace that. So I think there are better ways that we can do the, the rubbish pickup. There are better ways that we can police um, double parking around schools. There are better ways to see how we can, um, you know, save on energy costs with lighting. And the technology is there. I think we need to embrace it and we need to invest in it. We need to trial it and pilot it and see how it how it works with our community, at the same time, obviously, engaging and, and explaining that to our community as we do it. Excellent. I think this next question um, will be very relevant since I imagine once you're implementing some of these processes, you're working across many different disciplines, um, even levels of government, academia, industries to get the right people involved. So how do you think that we can better integrate across all those different areas? Well, I think it's about opening up the organisation and opening up yourself to industry and to um, other governments and and explaining to them that we want to work with you, we want to hear what you have to say, we want to see what you're working on and see whether that can work with us. And, and I think by having that collaboration, we're able to then, you know, achieve our aims in a, in a faster way. I think we need to leverage off everybody's expertise and because everybody's, you know, ultimately wants the same thing. They want to be able to to better their community and, and make life easier for people. And I think that's why we've got involved with a program like City Possible, which is um, being run by MasterCard globally. And that's, again, about collaboration, about multiple stakeholders, you know, around the world coming together, talking about what's important, talking about how we can make people's lives better. And I really do think that, um, you know, if we were work in isolation, it'll be a detriment to to our community and to our organisation and and to our vision and aims and principles. So, you know, it really is um, important that we continue to work with with everybody that we can. We can, you know, bring our community along, talk to professors, talk to industry leaders, and and people in in you know running government departments. And hopefully we can all go on this ride together because there's no point working in silos. Smart cities is about decentralization. It's not about working on your own. And, and I think it's important that, you know, for the future that we all work together and smart cities gives us that opportunity. Mm. 
You said uh, that you went overseas recently. I'm keen to hear your kind of key take-home messages that you got from that global experience. A couple of things I, I took out of that. One was how far behind we were as a city, um, you know, compared to what cities are doing in, in California and, and so on. Secondly, about how open data um, can change the way you view data. I think for too long, data has always been either unused or been kept a secret. I think it's important that, that that needs to open up because the advantages that you get from opening up data, you know, are unrealized until you open them up, until people um, can see that and maybe create some um, some benefit. So, so I really took out of it um, open data being important, the, the trip that is. I took out of it that um, we were far behind and we needed to do some work to to catch up because our community uh, deserves that. And the other thing I took took out of it was the way that um, you know the way in the in the states the non for profit sector really um, was involved with their cities, with their town halls, or with their governments, local governments, to be able to bring their community along. You know, whether it's, um, you know, giving them space in the local library, whether it's having um, hackathons, you know, all, all types of things that just weren't known to me. And that's why, I, that's what I took out of it. And, um, you know, it's really changed my view in the way that we can change the way that we do things, the way that we deliver services, the way that we then, um, you know, engage with our community. And I think that was the um, the final point I'd make on my, my trip to the States was one of the things I took out was um, there's never enough engagement, you know. So, and that's another thing that um, we've embraced here at Canterbury-Bankstown since, since that time is that we want to find all different ways to engage people that maybe don't have the time to fill out a survey or don't have the time to respond to a letter um, or get on the, the council website. But it's about, you know, hearing from, from everybody and not just the people with the loudest voices, but the majority of the people um, and those that don't have time and finding ways to engage with them. And one of those, I guess, things that we picked up was the um, the red bench concept. And I, I've brought that back here and we're about to uh, install some smart benches. But But if you want to talk to somebody about, you know, serious issues, you go and sit on this on this bench and, and if anybody else sits on it too, you know that these people are going to discuss something, uh, whether it's politics or history. And, and I think it's important because it, it engages communities. It puts people together that maybe would never have spoken to each other. And that's, that's a good thing for our community, creating that connected connectiveness. Mm, I agree. What do you think the emerging trends are that people aren't talking about enough? I think people have focused too much on the technology and um, there are people knocking on the door all the time wanting to sell us, um, sell councils something that is going to supposedly improve, you know, their, their services or their, their processes or their communities. But I think it's important that you get the foundations right. I think that's not being talked about enough. I think data isn't being talked about enough. Councils across this country have a whole heap of data, but they just don't place an importance on it. So I think that that needs to happen. So they make the right decisions. They, you know, in, in the States, a lot a lot of the, the big councils were employing data analysts and data scientists to be able to find out exactly, you know, what is happening in their city. And it's not just on hearsay or second guessing or thinking that that's the way people are doing things, but actually having the data in front of them and knowing why why their, their residents are, you know, behaving in, in certain ways. And I think if we can utilise that data if we can have a you know a proper strategy, 
if we then understand what the technology means and how quickly it, beca it can become obsolete, if we can have support from from the governments, whether state or federal, um, to to allow us to innovate. I think that's that's the critical part here. Um, you know, we'd love to do more 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 innovation in the way we do things, but we're very restricted, whether it's in procurement or whether it's in um, government policy, we're, we're hindered. And that's just because the way it has been for, for the last decade or so. But I think that needs, it needs to be opened up. There needs to be less regulation and more thought about how we can innovate to make things better for our community. Legislation doesn't allow us to do that at the moment, and I think that's, that's a real shame. So I guess there are a couple of things that maybe people aren't talking about, but the conversation needs to move to that space. And I think um, local government will be um, moving in that space in New South Wales anyway in the next uh, few years, because if it doesn't happen, it's going to be really hard and, and frustrating for, for us to find um, these uh, answers to these challenges and not being, not being able to enact them. Mm. It's been so excellent to talk to you. I'm so glad that you made the time to come on to the podcast. I'm happy to, Zoe. It's been really good too because because smart cities is important and, and for us it's not it's not about doing it on our own. We want to talk to other councils. We do want to talk to industry leaders and, and you know academia and other levels of government because I think only together, collaboratively, we can um, you know, move forward in this space. Excellent. I really just have one last question, which is how can people connect with you? Oh, look, I'm uh, easily easily found on all the social media avenues, on Facebook, mm -hmm. on Twitter, on email. We've got the Canterbury-Bankstown uh, Council website. I'm happy to talk about this topic. I, I really do, do uh, enjoy it and I'm very passionate about it. Excellent. Well, thanks again for coming on to the podcast. I'm really looking forward to hopefully meeting you down in New South Wales one day um, and having a chat over a coffee or something. Sounds good, Zoe. Look forward to it. Just look me up. Will do. Thanks so much. Talk soon. Bye-bye. Bye. It's the Smart City Podcast. Whoa. Thanks so much for listening to the Smart City Podcast. Show notes for this episode and all other episodes can be found at thesmartcitypodcast.com. If you have any questions or comments for me or any of my guests, connect with me via email, zoe at thesmartcitypodcast.com or via the socials. I'm on Twitter and Facebook at smartcitypod. As always, I hope you enjoyed listening to this episode as much as I enjoyed making it. Smart City Podcast is what you're looking for.